Good evening, all. I hope you're as encouraged as I was when I turned these pages earlier. Uh, I want you, if you could, to turn to Matthew 21 and verse 42. I have it marked. There it is. Reading from uh, verse 42 through to the the end of the chapter. uh, Before I do, just for um, context, the parable of the householder has just been spoken of by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And uh, in it, he uses different people, And he points towards the Jewish people. And uh, with that in mind, we'll read from verse 42. Jesus saith unto them, Did ye never read in the scriptures, the stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner? This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvellous in our eyes. Therefore say I unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. Whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. I'll just stop there for the moment. The material stone in Israel was used quite significantly. It was used as material to build walls around Jerusalem, to build their houses and all sorts of implements like um, furniture. The altars in the the temples were made of stone. um, Even to one point they had uh, fences made of stone to keep the sheep in and uh, make drinking troughs out of stone, weapons out of stone. And they also used them to stone lawn breakers. And later on there was marking distance posters and stuff from town to town. Uh, Often they were used as a pillow. If you read about how uh, Jacob laid down and put his head on a rock, which was his pillow. And uh, but also to mark holy sites or historical sites. And even graves were cut out of it. But lastly, idols of worship were made out of it as well. Let's just pray. Our great God and loving Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you for who you are. We give you thanks and praise for your precious Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, and praise you for your word, which is open tonight. We pray, Lord... And thank you for your spirit, which guides and directs and leads us. We pray, Lord, that uh, with that spirit leading tonight, that uh, your, uh, your word would be spoken out. Lord, it would be you that would be speaking 
and not the servant standing here. We pray, Lord, that it would be useful and, uh, Lord, that it would be uh, a help to those who hear it, Lord, we pray. We pray and ask this now, Lord, we ask for your guidance. In Jesus' name, amen. I always like to go back to the first mention. And the first mention of the stone is in, believe it or not, Genesis chapter 49 and verse 24. And in it, it's when Jacob is giving his final blessing to his children and he gets to Joseph. And I'd like you all to turn to Genesis 24, oh sorry, 49 and verse 24. And it says here, but his bow, his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty. God of Jacob, from thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Now I hope you note, I'll have you note that there's a change in that verse as to who he's talking to, who he's talking about. First of all, he's talking about David. Oh, sorry, about Joseph, and then it's changed to talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, the stone of Israel. First mention of the stone. Now, uh, the heading is the stone, and we're into the stone of promise. And this is where the stone of promise comes in, and it refers back to Genesis 3.15, and that famous verse there where it says, um, if I got that right, yeah. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. When I did this, uh, when this was brought to me uh, to, to, to speak on, um, to preach on, I was going to focus on the one word, the stone. Now, there will be sections that will come into the rock, but it's mainly about the stone. Take that into consideration that the rock and the stone are the same. Who is this stone? Well, I think we've already answered the question there in Genesis chapter 49. It's the Lord Jesus Christ himself. In Psalm 118, verse 22, it talks about the stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. And in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 14, it says this, And he shall be for a sanctuary, but for a stone of stumbling, for a rock of offence. Again, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ being a stone of stumbling, a stone of stumbling for the Jews, a stone of stumbling for anyone who refuses to accept him who he is. 
and a rock of offence, of course, to those who would, have, who would uh, stand up against him or try and stand up against him. In Isaiah 28.16, it says these words, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a fountain, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Now, I want to focus on those three things. A tried stone, uh, sorry, a, a foundation stone, a tried stone, and a precious cornerstone. First of all, a foundation stone. I mentioned earlier that stone, the material stone, was used for many things in Israel. We sing a song, build on the rock, the rock that ever stands. Build on the rock and not upon the sands. In Israel, you need to dig down to the rock. Especially if you're near the water, because the water, when it floods, it could wash your house away. So it needed bedrock to have a foundation. That's what Jesus is to us. He's our foundation stone. He's our foundation. No other foundation we should have other than him. Then it talks about... Actually, that foundation stone, the word eben, which is the Hebrew for the name stone, eben. I found that interesting. Um, we'll move on to the tried stone now. And that's pronounced in the Hebrew, bokan. This, is, this was interesting. I, I never really thought of this before. But, you know, our stone, the Lord Jesus Christ, was tried three times in Scripture. He was tried three times. The first person to try him was Satan himself. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through to 11, remember when Jesus was in the wilderness and he'd, he was already a hungered and he was already uh, thirsty because he'd been uh, fasting for 40 days. But Satan came in and tried him. And we know the result of that, that Satan failed. Jesus hit him with the word of God every time. He gave the word of God back to Satan and Satan had no comeback at all. Secondly, the Lord Jesus Christ was tried by man. By the high priests. In Luke chapter 22, verse 63 to 71, and verse 20, chapter 23 and verse 1, 2 and 10. And John chapter 18, verse 19 to 23. And in those 
included in those verses are not only the high priests and the Sanhedrin, but also Herod and Pilate. So he was tried by man. Thirdly, he was tried by God the Father. When he hung on that cross, in that ninth hour of darkness, God wasn't there. God couldn't look upon his son because his son had been made sin for us. In Luke 23, 44, I'd like to turn to that. Luke 23, 44. 23, 44. Is that the right one? Remember, Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly and with his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow and said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. Jesus was tempted by the devil earlier. And he overcome the devil. The word of God says in James, uh, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Luke 23, 44. I think I read the wrong verse then, didn't I? Yeah, sorry about that. Luke 23, 44 says this. <laughs> sorry about that. And it was about the sixth hour and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the mist. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. That's the verse, yeah. John 19, 10. Okay. John 19.10 says, Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? And Jesus answered, Thou couldst have no power at all against me except it were given from above. Given thee from above. Therefore he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. So Jesus was letting him know that God the Father had allowed this to happen. It wasn't under Pilate's power, it was under God's power that this happened. And Jesus himself gave himself at this time. The tried stone the foundation stone, and now a precious cornerstone. I'd like to turn to Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 7. 
It says here, Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone. Therefore, with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. And just turn back now to Zechariah chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. says here in verses 8 and 9 it's the sixth vision that uh, Zechariah has been given by God it says here hear now O Joshua the high priest thou and thy fellows that sit before thee for they are men wondered at for behold I will bring forth my servant the branch for behold the stone that I have laid before Joshua upon one stone shall be seven eyes Behold, I will engrave the graving thereof, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. That stone with the seven eyes, the seven eyes are the seven spirits of God. That stone is the Lord Jesus Christ. The stone is the foundation to the Jewish faith, to the Jewish belief. That stone, they didn't know it, but it, it is. And then it says, a sure foundation. It's, he shall be a sanctuary for a stone of stumbling, for a rock of offence, and therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, and a sure foundation. I'd like to turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 26. No, 220, sorry. 26, there's no 26 there, is there? I was testing you out. <laughs> yeah, 220. It says here in 220, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. The sure foundation stone, the chief cornerstone, the capstone, the headstone, all the same person, the Lord Jesus Christ. He that believeth shall not make haste as a thief. Hmm. Also in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. If you could turn there, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. It says there, For other foundation can no man lay, that that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. We can't go wrong there, can we? It's definitely there. It's definitely mentioned that he is the foundation. Now, can we please turn to uh, Daniel chapter 30, 
2, please. Daniel chapter 2. Remember, we're talking about the stone of promise here. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 32 says this. This image head was fine gold, his breasts and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and break them to pieces. Here's that stone again. This is the image that Nebuchadnezzar had seen in a dream and Daniel had given the interpretation that God had given him. The stone that was cut out without hands. No other stone that could have been cut out without hands except it had been from God. And the stone became a great mountain. The great mountain is the kingdom that Christ will reign over because all the other, um, all the other, what are they called? Um, kingdoms, that's a word. All the other kingdoms before this happened have already been and gone. We're just waiting to see, and it will happen, that the Lord Jesus Christ will defeat this last kingdom that is throwing their head, uh, their nose in the air at him at this very moment. So the stone that the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. His kingdom will fill the whole earth. Now, at the end of this chapter, it talks about the, the interpretation being certain, oh, sorry, the dream being certain and the interpretation being sure. And that's what Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar. The dream is, is certain and the interpretation is sure because God had given that dream to Nebuchadnezzar. Got to remember, he's an ungodly man, but God used him. I'd like to turn to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4. This is still all about the stone.
To whom coming as unto a living stone, as in a Petra, not a Petros, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. He's a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Verse 6 says, Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you that believeth he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offence. Still the stone, the stone of promise. I'd like to turn back to our, uh, our scripture of uh, Matthew chapter, one, uh, chapter 21, verse uh, 42, please. Sorry, verse 44 we're going into here. And just, just for context, I'll read that from 42 again. Uh, Jesus said unto them, Did ye never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner? This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvellous in our eyes. Therefore I say unto you, The kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it fall, it will grind him to powder. Now, there's a but in there, in that verse 44. Whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but, there's a but, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. That's the section of the verse that I'm going to work on here now. We're going to talk about. On whomsoever it shall fall. On whomsoever it, the stone, shall fall. The Greek for fall in this verse is uh, pronounced antitasomahi. Antitasomahi. And it means to range oneself against, to oppose themselves or resist. So whoever ranges themselves or opposes themselves or tries to resist the stone, it shall fall on them and it will grind him to powder. To grind him to powder, the judgment. Unbelievers condemned are condemned already because they believe not. That includes all Jew and Gentile alike. 
When God redeemed the children of Israel from the slavery of Egypt and its power and uh, Pharaoh and his armies, the children of Israel sang this song. I'd like you to turn to Exodus chapter 15, verses 6 and 7. In this song, it's uh, only part of the song, by the way. It's not all of it. It says in there, Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. Remember what was said in the verse 42 of Matthew? And it will grind them to powder. It will grind him to powder. Stubble. Which will consume them as stubble. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. This is back in the Old Testament. Matthew is in the New Testament. It was spoken about by the Jews themselves, not even realising it, that they were singing about their own Messiah, the one who is going to destroy them, the one who is going to turn them to rubble. Now I'd like you to turn to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32. This is what God has had to say about his enemies. Deuteronomy 32 from verse 39 to 43. And it says this. See now that I, even I, am he, and there is no God with me. Notice in that verse it says, and there is no God with me. It's a small g. So God is saying that I am the only God. There's no other gods. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. For I lift up my hand to heaven and say, I live forever. If I wet my glittering sword and mine hand take hold on judgment, I will render vengeance to mine enemies and will reward them that hate me. Reward them that hate me. I will make mine arrows drunk with blood. And my sword shall devour flesh, and that with the blood of the slain and of the captives from the beginning of the revengers upon the enemy. Rejoice, O ye nations, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants and will render vengeance to his adversaries and will be merciful unto his land and to his people. 
That's God's way. That's God's word. That's what he is saying. I'm going to do this. Thus stay up the Lord. I'd like you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 10. I neglected to say that this is about the serious warning, the stone serious warning. What's going to happen? And what has happened? 1 Samuel 2.10 says this. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. The horn, the, his anointed is the stone. His anointed is the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, he iterates that he's going to do this. He's going to break them into pieces like he did with the statue, that, that image that was in the, the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. He broke down that image those kingdoms all fell. And uh, yeah, in Daniel chapter 2, verse, don't need to turn to this, but Daniel chapter 2, verse 44 to 45, it talks about breaking these kingdoms into pieces. When that stone that was cut out of the mountain comes down and hits that feet of iron and clay, it breaks it to pieces. Destroys all the kingdoms that were before him. And he is the only kingdom that will stand. The only great stand, stone that will stand. Jeremiah 23, 29 says, Thy word is like a fire, a hammer, breaks into pieces. Breaks into pieces. Again, the word piece breaks into pieces. Revelation 19, 11 to 15 talks about the sharp sword of the Lord. Let's read that, please. Chapter 19 of Revelation. That's not it. That's it. Yes. Revelation. And you can see where Deuteronomy, where God's talking about in Deuteronomy about what he's going to do to his enemies. And you hear it here. Revelation 19, verse 11. And I saw heaven open. And behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. This is the stone. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. These are the saints, and out of his mouth go a sharp, a sharp sword, that it with, sorry, that 
With it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. This is the stone. This is the. This is the. Uh, what's going to happen? This is the warning to those who don't know Him as their Savior, that don't know Him as their Lord. Psalm fifty and verse twenty-two says this. Now consider this, ye that forget God lest I tear you to pieces. That's what it says. Lest I tear you in pieces. The last part of uh, John chapter 3 verse 36 says this. He that believeth not the son, the stone, shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him just read uh, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 26 we'll read from verse 26 to 31 for if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore a punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and have done despite unto the spirit of grace. For we know him that have said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again the Lord shall judge his people. And the last verse says, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. This goes with verse uh, Psalm 50 I read earlier about tearing him into pieces now we'll go back to our um, uh, passage in Matthew 21 please, please. Matthew 21 44 this is the good part of the verse By the way, that whosoever and whomsoever and whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. Now, when I was reading this, uh, after reading the, the, the text earlier with uh, the, the parable of the householder and that, I thought, oh, yeah, it's talking about the Jews here. But if you listen to the wording, it says, 
And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. But before that, in verse 43, it says, Therefore say I unto the kingdom of God shall be taken away from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. So he's not just talking to the Jewish nation here. He's talking to everyone. Because he's taken away, he's going to take away the kingdom of God from them for a moment, for a little while. He's not taken away completely. But he's going to give it to another nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. So that whosoever is speaking about you, me, all the people in the world, whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. Whosoever, it's open to everyone. Who falls on this stone. We can come to the Lord Jesus Christ humbly. We can come to God and we can confess that we're sinners. We can say, please forgive us. We can ask him to come into our hearts and live there forever. We can say, we believe who you are. We believe that you died, you were buried and that you rose again on the third day. And you are the very Son of God that liveth forever and ever. We can say all those things, but if we don't say them and mean them, it's not worth anything. They're only words. But if they're kept in our heart and they're spoken with an urgency, because, brothers and sisters, it's an urgency to have Christ as your Saviour and Lord today. Anyone here tonight who doesn't know the stone, who doesn't know the Saviour, who doesn't know the Anointed One, I implore you to know him before you leave because you don't know what a day may bring or even a night. When we hear the gospel message, we hear it and we act upon it in faith, believing it to be true and that Jesus Christ did indeed do those things. He did indeed die for sinners such as us. That stone, that stone that's mentioned in the Bible, is the very Son of God and our Redeemer and the one that is going to judge the world. Amen. Thank you.